Welcome to the Amore Podcast here on AmorePodcast.com. On this episode, I talked to Kristen Addis. She's a former investment banker from Southern California who left her job, sold everything she owned in 2012, and started traveling solo around the world. She writes about her travels on her own blog titled Be My Travel Muse, The Path Less Taken. She recently released her new book titled Conquering Mountains, How to Solo Travel the World Fearlessly. It's available on her website at BeMyTravelMuse.com. She's been featured on the BBC, USA Today, BuzzFeed, and Business Insider, just to name a few. Here's my conversation with Kristen Addis. When you go on these trips, do you plan these in advance, or how do they kind of take shape as to where you go and, and what you're going to do and see? It highly depends. So, for example, I was just in Mozambique, and that I didn't kind of have it all because, well, it's hard to do that in uh, most of Africa. <laughs> You kind of have to just take things as they come. And for that, it wasn't a project that I was working on with a client. It was just a trip that I was taking because I wanted to see what Mozambique had to offer. So with that, I just switched the flight, and that was it. Um, for Austria and Finland, I'm working with the uh, tourism board in those places and helping them to promote the best aspects of those regions. At what point in your life did you say that you wanted to travel for a living? And was that something that you always wanted to do growing up? Um, I know you were an investment banker uh, before this career took off. So did you always want to grow up, want to be an investment banker? Did you just kind of fall into it? And at what point did you say, okay, this isn't for me. I want to travel now. I definitely didn't grow up wanting to be an investment banker. I didn't really know what I wanted to do. The first thing I remember really wanting to be when I grew up was a unicorn. Obviously deviated from that a bit. <laughs> yeah, just a bit. Um, I got into investment banking after I graduated from university. Kind of got into it without really knowing what exactly it entailed, but I knew that it was something that, um, you know, from the beginning I enjoyed doing and was pretty good at, but in time, I just had a hard time with the um, work-life balance being really more weighted towards work than life, so after four years, I quit, and I couldn't think of anything else I wanted to do more than traveling, and it's not something I did much growing up. I didn't really have the means, so the first time I traveled abroad, I was 20 already, but it really made an impact on me and made me end up going to study abroad when I was 21. And ever since then, I really couldn't shake the feeling that I wanted to keep exploring. Did the blog come about from the traveling, or did you ha- kind of have that planned beforehand? I definitely always enjoyed writing. That is something I've done my whole life long, and being artistic. So that was something that I knew I wanted to do even before I started traveling. Um, I actually used to have a humor blog that I wrote on that didn't get that popular, but this wasn't my first rodeo, so to speak. So I had a little bit of experience, but not much, and I started the blog because I needed an outlet for my creativity. I, need, I needed a project. I needed something to do, um, and I also was really hoping that I could turn it into a career. And what advice would you give to travelers that, that do travel alone? Do you feel like you get more of a full experience traveling alone than you do you know, traveling with somebody where you're able to share that experience? I think there are a lot of benefits to traveling alone. I mean, we could talk for hours about that, but I think the biggest ones are that when you're on your own, you can be exactly who you are. I mean, no matter how you slice it, we are affected by the people who know us. And so to have someone with you on the road, it's going to impact how you experience it at least a little bit. So being on your own allows you to really just be who you are. And um, another part is you can have a lot of serendipitous encounters and adventures when no one else is there to say, no, we shouldn't do that, or this is what I want to do today. You kind of have to take other people's desires into account when someone else is with you, but when you're on your 
now and you can just do exactly what you want and only what you want. And then the last big piece of that is you really become great at problem solving. You become independent and really confident. And I think that, that all those things are something that everyone should experience at least once in life. Yeah, and, and you know it's true. I never really thought of that, but I, I do enjoy traveling alone or with you know one person because I think if you get to be too large of a group, then everybody wants to do something and you can't really experience you know what, what you're there for, what you want to see. And then, alone doesn't mean you're alone. You meet people constantly. You just have the freedom to break off from the group and do your own thing when you want to, whereas if you go on a trip with someone, you might feel kind of guilty doing that. And I was surprised to re- find out that your readership 75% female, so before you started all of this, was that kind of your key demographic or... Did it just kind of take on that that form? No, I think that I just drew the kind of reader that was similar to me. So it's mostly women who are educated and maybe have a professional background and are in their mid-20s or even their 30s and just, you know, are ready to do something independent. And I think that they were just drawn to me because they saw themselves in me. Okay. Uh, and talk about your new book, Conquering Mountains, How to Solo Travel the World Fearlessly. Um, how did that come about? And just talk about your experience writing that. Sure. Well, I had a lot of women coming to me saying that they really wanted to travel on their own, but they were scared. And I thought back to before I took off, and I was absolutely terrified. And I just wanted someone to tell me what to do, just to make it really easy for me. And so I thought about all of the questions that I had before I started and how there was just so much information out there, but how no one had really put together a concise book that had a solo female traveler in mind. So I compiled all of the information that I know after over three years of traveling on my own. And I also talked to 15 other solo female travelers and travel experts to get their advice as well. And I included um, financial tips from Harvard, educated experts and senators, and a lot of different information from people who really know what they're talking about to make the most comprehensive guide possible, just so that it would be easy for anyone who wanted to do it had saved up the money or maybe wanted to work on the road to remove any obstacles and most of all to make it accessible. Okay, and where can people purchase the book? So you can purchase it via my website, which is bemytravelmuse.com. Okay. It's at the bottom of every single post and on my sidebar, and it's also available for purchase on nomadicmat.com. Okay. If someone wanted to do this, uh, I mean, obviously you, you planned financially to be able to do this. You know, I, I guess just the average person couldn't just quit their job and say, okay, I'm going to go travel. Obviously, you're just going to run into debt and no one can live like that for the, for the long term. So, like, what advice would you give to someone that maybe, maybe is seriously considering doing something like this to, to prepare to be able to do it the right way? Well, a lot of people I've met are on a trip for a year. They've saved up and budgeted for a year, and um, they've done that even at minimum wage jobs, but just being really frugal and learning to say no to things like going out to the movies, going out to the bars, or even buying a daily Starbucks coffee. All those things add up so much. And so if you can really be smart about your spending and just save as much as possible, it is actually accessible to people a lot more than they think it is. And maybe you can't go for two years, three years, but maybe you can go for six months or one year. And um, in the book, I have a whole section on how you can save your money in intelligent ways and how you can earn on the road. So a lot of people say, oh, I could never do that because I couldn't afford it. But that you could. Yeah. And what's one of your favorite places that you've visited so far? And have you been back to some that you've already visited? I've been to Thailand a few times. I just returned to South Africa for a second time um, this month. 
and that, that's actually my favorite country at the moment is South Africa. It's just so varied in landscape and people, and there's just so many different cultures and so many different things you can experience there, and the hospitality is really fun. Was it tough to get used to the jet lag and that kind of stuff uh, at the beginning when you were traveling you know, so far of a distance? It's still horrible. <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering that. Um, yeah, no, it is tough. The good thing, though, is um, traveling from Berlin and Germany, where I live now, uh-huh. down to Africa, there's not much of the time. There's only an hour, so that's not bad. But the worst for me is actually going from the U.S. to Europe, and the best thing that I can do is just try to get a red-eye flight, because I am usually able to save up and you must be able to use points as well for a lot of these trips, flying so much? And I try to as much as possible to, to rack up um, credit card points. I just got Nomadic Netbook on travel hacking, so that's definitely something that I'm setting my sights on for 2016 is flying more business class for less money. <laughs> okay, all right. Uh, have you traveled at all domestically, like in the U.S. when you're here? Um, have you seen all the states, or, or do you want to do that, or you're just more concentrated on international um, travel from no, the U.S.? I've, there's so little of the U.S. that I have seen. I grew up in Southern California, and I haven't even been to Death Valley or the Grand Canyon. So <laughs> I think that's horrible, and I definitely would love to do a road trip going all around the state. And that's definitely something that I'm hoping to do a lot more of in the spring and summer is to explore my own backyard, so to speak, because I know there's amazing stuff around here to see, too. Would you ever want to do a travel TV show if the opportunity arose? Absolutely. I think that it would be just yet another medium to get the word out about solo female travel. And the more that it gets attention, the more popular the idea becomes. So any TV show that really picks that up as the theme of their show, I think it would be really intelligent to do so. Okay. And do you think, like, you'll ever decide at some point in your life, um, like, all this traveling isn't for me and I just kind of want to settle down, stay in the same place for a little while? You, my friends, my family, everyone asks me this question. <laughs> and, I mean, I'm just kind of taking things as they come. I think that, you know, to have a, a solid five-year plan, you can do that, but never going to end up the way you think because you never know who you're going to meet, where you're going to go, what's going to happen that will change your entire trajectory. So my plan right now is to just continue to build my business, do what I love, and I think that the answers will come in time. And do you find that hard then on on relationships or friendships, traveling so much, you know, not being able to see? I'm really fortunate to have amazingly supportive friends who are genuinely happy for me and the things that I'm doing. And when I do come home, they make the time to see me, and I'm so grateful that I have such a solid, supportive group of friends and my family. Everyone's just really awesome in that way, so I know I'm fortunate. As far as um, romantic relationships, yeah, of course it's hard, but at the same time, I think it's important to go out and do what you really feel you need and want to do and be your best self. And I think that anyone who can fit into that in some way It'll happen if it, if it can, and the benefit of traveling so much is you have an opportunity to meet so many people. So I have friends all over the world, and um, I do have the opportunity to meet a lot of, I guess, potential romantic partners, too. So someday, I will meet the right person, and I'm upping the odds, I guess, you could say, by traveling, but I'm also upping the odds of things not working because I'm in a state of motion. So yeah, I think it's kind of... Um, it's tough to say whether it's making it easier or harder, but I am happy with my life right now. 
kind of a last uh, fun question. If you could travel with any companion, say a celebrity or an ultimate travel partner, who would that be? Bethany Bourdain, for sure. He's seen so many places, he's cultured, and he knows so much about food. And for me, that's such a cool part about traveling is doing food food. Do you ever like watch his show or some of the other travel shows and experts and think like, see it on a show and be like, oh, I want to go there and I want to try that just because you saw it on a show? travel and especially food shows a lot back when I was still working in an office. I haven't turned on the TV in over three years now, though. Oh, like, my I God. Really <laughs> never. And I don't watch movies ever either. I just, I'm, I'm, when I'm out exploring, that's what I'm doing. And when I'm at home, I'm basically working to make up for the time that I'm out exploring. So my time is just used up by other things. And actually, well, and when you travel on a plane, so what do you do? Do you read, sleep? You know, if you're on like a 15-hour flight. I try to sleep as much as possible. So my system for that is when they come around and offer wine, yes, I would like a glass. <laughs> <laughs> after one or two, especially if it's a red-eye flight, I couldn't sleep for a good 10 hours. So I'm, I'm pretty good with sleeping. That's the skill I'm glad that I have. Otherwise, um, that's the one time that I will watch a movie. I'll sometimes read, but for the most part, I really try to sleep on flight so that I can try to avoid that jet lag we talked about earlier because it can be so debilitating. Would you avoid some places in the world just because of some of the unrest? Well, I mean, if, if it was really, truly dangerous, you know, I'm not going to go put myself in harm's way intentionally. However, um, yeah. I was in Thailand during the coup, and it wasn't dangerous for tourists, honestly. It was fine. And um, I was just in Mozambique, even though they've got some issues in some parts of the country where I was down south, I was fine. So, I mean, I think that the government warnings and the travel warnings, um, they are important. But I also think that sometimes they're a bit too aggressive as far as where you shouldn't go. And there are parts of these places that are still nice to see and maybe even better because they're fewer tourists. All right. Um, Well, Kristen, thanks so much for doing this. I appreciate it. And best of luck to you and all your travels. Thank you so much for having me. That was Kristen Addis. To check out more on Kristen, you can visit her website at BeMyTravelMuse.com. You can also like her on Facebook at Facebook.com slash BeMyTravelMuse and on Twitter and Instagram at BeMyTravelMuse. Until next time, this is the Amore Podcast here on AmorePodcast.com.